ever before has a UFC light heavyweight champion moved up to challenge the heavyweight champion. Oh, he heard him. Oh, Cormier knocks me into down. Daniel Cormier is the UFC heavyweight champion. The rematch is upon us. Stipe Miocic with a chance to regain the UFC heavyweight title as he re-engages with the man who beat him for the belt. They need to settle this once and for all. This fight is for legacy. This fight is for history. I've accomplished everything that I've ever wanted to accomplish. I mean, I could have walked away, but my legacy matters to me. I have to right that wrong. After that epic intro, welcome to episode number 118. 118, man. Damn, we're cruising with this. Big Mouth Small Words podcast. The Bruins let me down once again today. I got to table that rage. <laughs> I got to table that rage. Uh, I'm going to have Batch. He's scheduled to be in studio on Tuesday. And due to popular demand, we will also be having none other than Xanadude calling in again because you guys loved that so we got to run it back um we're gonna leave the bruins talk for tuesday today i'm gonna be talking about the ufc card that is now less than a week away ufc 252 and there's some fun fights on this card i gotta talk with you guys about obviously the big fight is the main event on the card is daniel cormier versus Stipe Miocic for the UFC heavyweight strap. I'm going to save that for last because there is a chance that I'm going to have someone call in that might have a different opinion <laughs> on who they think is going to win. I think we can have a good back and forth. He knows his MMA, so I hope that happens. If it doesn't happen, then I'll just talk to you guys. But if we can get a guest on there, I will do that by the end of this. Wait, not a call. So I want to go over the three must-watch fights of this card. And I'm going to start this off with Junior Dos Santos and Rosenstrike. These are two massive, massive guys. <laughs> and they got heavy hands and they're looking to land bombs at all times. There's almost no way for this fight to end in anything other than a KO. And you got to look at, you got to look at these two, right? So Dos Santos, while always dangerous, he's looking a bit weathered, Looking a bit past his prime lately in his last few fights. I would say that last year he lost to Francis Ngannou in just over a minute by knockout. But I mean, can you fault anyone for losing to Francis Ngannou? The dude hits like a Mack truck. 
He then TKO'd Derek Lewis in the second round, which is no easy task. But then earlier this year, he got KO'd by Curtis Blades. Dude's 14-2. and two. So, I mean, he got beat by two absolute monsters, and he beat a really tough guy. So, Junior Dos Santos, if anything, goes into a fight to win or to lose. There's no decisions anywhere. <laughs> None necessary. Not since back in the day. So, that brings me to Yair Rosenstrike. He was on an absolute tear. Undefeated. Beating, I would say, most notably, Andre Arlovsky, who might also be a little past his prime at that point, and Alistar Overeem, who is always dangerous. Had him sitting at 10-0. I mean, he was looking like the next big thing. Then he fought Francis and got him. And much like Junior Dos Santos, he got destroyed in 20 seconds, though. <laughs> I mean, that, it was a pure... But in his, in his defense, you can't tell much out of a fight that lasts less than 20 seconds. He just threw some bombs, and it is what it is. So, I mean, picking this fight, it's tough. Because Junior Dos Santos has more experience, but he's been taking a beating, and he might not have as much left in the tank as I think he needs to to win this one. Whereas Rosenstrike has taken far less damage, but he is coming off of a loss for the first time ever. So, I mean, he doesn't even know how he's going to fare coming off of a loss. Uh, so I don't know how he's going to look going into this. And I, on top of that, now that I'm thinking about it, he has not faced the level of competition that Junior Dos Santos has. Mm. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough to pick these fights. I obviously don't see this fight going the distance. I love Junior Dos Santos. I love his experience, but I'm afraid of his chin. He is dangerous, and if he lands, he can absolutely win this fight. But I think Rosenstrike, at this point in his career, he's younger. He's got a better chin. I think he takes a few shots from JDS, but then I think he, I think Rosenstrike puts him out in the first round because he needs to make a statement now. He needs to let the world know that he's still here. So... The next fight that I think is must watch is Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. And I say that because any fight that has Sean O'Malley in it is a must watch fight. I wrote in the blog earlier, this was a few months ago, after his last fight against Eddie Wyland, O'Malley has this it factor. He's not, he has this like McGregor esque. He's not there, obviously, but. He, for some reason, from the moment he was in there, you know, he just had this, like, presence. And he lands big-time highlight reel strikes, and you can't help but become enamored in this guy's style, and he just has a swag. Like, he just has that. Um, but here's the only problem with all this. He's 12-0. and 0. Everybody loves the Sugar Show. Everybody's talking about Sean O'Malley. But O'Malley really hasn't fought anybody yet. He hasn't gone against any top-ranked guys, and until he starts taking out solid competition, it's going to be hard to keep him in this, like, elite category that people and myself, I'm doing it too. <laughs> I mean, I have him up there until I look at all of his fights and I go, because you can't help it. You watch the way he beats people where he just knocks a dude out. He walks, like, he just, he looks the part. But we have to see what he is. We, we have to see him beat actual legitimate talent. The guy that he just beat, Eddie Wineland, he's, he's, a, he's a good veteran. And he's okay, but he's not ranked. He's not even close to being ranked. So got to slow down the hype train. So you got to look at this fight, right? So who's Sean O'Malley fighting? Who, who is this Marlon Vera? 
was 15, 6, and 1. To me, personally, I think he's the perfect guy to show whether O'Malley is ready for the next step up in competition or if he's got to step back down. Because Marlon Vera, in 2019, he had three fights, and he won two by KO, and he got one by submission. His last fight this year, he lost by decision against Song Yudong. Remember, we did the $100 MMA giveaway. And I even took a shot by accident because I had picked Song Yudong to win. But I watched that fight, and he didn't. I mean, Marlon Vera beat the absolute crap out of him, and somehow they gave Song Yudong the decision. So Vera lost that fight, but really, with his confidence, he's rolling into this believing and thinking that he's won four. So he's not ranked. But I'm going to tell you something right now. He's on the cusp, and he's dangerous. So I'm excited to see what happens in this fight. I would assume that this stays on the feet. And I'm going to say that Sean O'Malley, I'm going to say he gets a TKO in the second round because it's one of those things where if O'Malley can put out Vera within the first two rounds, he should then be ranked as a top 10 fighter. And then he can get like a solid contender in the next fight. But he knows this. We all know this. You know what I mean? You can paint the picture. I think right now, under rankings, he's number 14. So he gets he wins this fight. He's got to be 10, 10 or 9. And once you're in the top 10, anything can happen. You can make that work. Which brings me now to the main event of the evening. The most must-watch fight on the card. I'm going to see if we can get this call. I'm going to hit up Pete. I'm going to see if he can get on here. And if he can get on here, we're going to talk us uh, some Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. That's what's going to happen right now. So give me one sec. All right, we're back. We got Pete joining the podcast. He knows his MMA. He trains his MMA. And I am about to verbally jujitsu his ass. <laughs> what's going on, Pete? That is false, sir. <laughs> all of it. It's all garbage. You don't know that yet. We haven't started yet. But, um, oh, it is. <laughs> well, we'll find out right now. So me and Pete have been going back and forth on the Daniel Cormier versus Stipe, Stipe Miocic. You're welcome. I'm saying Stipe, it right. the legend. Oh, the, the legend. The legend, yeah, for sure. So we got to settle this. We're going to give our predictions. Now, if you, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to start off. Um, I got to start off. I got to get something off my chest because Stipe said something today. And I got to be honest with you. I like Stipe Miocic. I think he's great. I like the way he fights. I like how he carries himself. But he said something today that truly pissed me off. And it, I know it pissed off Cormier. I'm sure Cormier was probably eating his 12th steak and cheese sandwich. And he was having a good day. Until Stipe had to go on an interview and go, yeah, Cormier got lucky against me. It would never happen again. <laughs> really? It, I mean, like... All right, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So Cormier got lucky. Now, if you wanted to say that about the first fight when he knocked him out, I understand. You could ease. I was thinking in like myself, is this true? Did he get lucky? But then they fought again. And while Stipe was victorious with a fourth round TKO, I mean, DC, dude, DC was all over him. Like they fought five rounds. DC won four. So what do you what do you think about those comments that Stipe said, Pete? 
I didn't hear that, but that's hilarious. I think he's getting in his head. Ooh, so you think that's DC all, is man. in his head? No, I think Stipe is getting in his head, busting his balls a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you think that? How are you going to get in, in DC's head? It's not possible. Well, I, hey, DC, I mean, this is quite possibly his last fight. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires at the end of the night. Would you? I think he's going to retire whether he wins or loses. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, get in his head a little bit, bust his balls maybe. I mean, this is kind of, you know, I mean, he's going to leave a legacy either way, but this is a little bit like his legacy fight if he retires champ. Oh, 100%. 100%. There's no question about that. So why don't you tell me why is Stipe Miocic going to win? Because. Is this is the all-American badass versus the all-American fat-ass, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you have one guy who is, you know, his parents are immigrants. He, he comes to America, he does everything he can do to be. You know, he's a firefighter, he's an awesome fighter, he's a legend. And D.C., you know, represents, I guess, uh, a, a different part of America, you know, obesity and such. Me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um... I don't even know what to add to that, man. It was pretty good. I mean, you got me on that. <laughs> you, you, not many people make me laugh out loud, but that was really good. Uh, the American fat ass. Okay, that's cool. You do realize, though, that the girth normally does prevail. There's a lot of great say, fat champions. Uh, like your boy Roy Nelson, right? I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. Don't put that against me. Uh, yeah, um, I will say... DC for being such a big guy, he has probably the best gas tank in the heavyweight division ever, which makes no sense to me. It defies physics and everything that should be. Yeah, but Miocic knew if he just kept beating that body down, though, he knew that he was eventually going to get him to gas, and that's exactly what happened in that second fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he saw, you know, he threw a couple punches. He saw that jello pudding flopping around. Yep. He got all excited. He's like Bill Cosby, the pudding, you know? <laughs> He's all over it. All right, so I'll I'll give you guys some props here, okay? So Stipe Miocic, in my opinion, is the best heavyweight champion in UFC history because that division was in shambles for years, and it was like a new champion every event. It was a little ridiculous. But, yeah. I mean, Stipe's hard to take down, obviously. Cormier was able to do it in the first fight, but he got away from it. I think he made a huge mistake with that. Uh, Stipe's got devastating one-shot power. We know that. He's 19-3. and three. He's beaten guys like Roy Nelson, as you brought up, Mark Hunt, <laughs> Arlovsky when he didn't suck, uh, Fabricio Verdum, Alistair Overeem, JDS, Francis Ngannou, and Cormier. I mean, that list is ridiculous. If, you're, if, you're, if you have a fighting resume, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, Miocic is a bad man, and you're, you're right about that, but here's my thing with him. I think that Stipe's biggest problem is that he doesn't use combinations. If you watch him fight, he legit just like does a one-two punch, couple leg kicks. Every now and again, he'll do a one-two and he'll do a body shot. But he has an eight-inch reach on DC. And the only reason that DC was able to come at him in that second fight and hurt him was that he would put his hands up and he knew that he wasn't going to get hit with a combination. So he would wait for Stipe to throw that shot. He would take it and go in and start beating him. He knew there was no combinations coming in. So I think that Stipe needs to know that and fix that because Cormier will exploit the crap out of him. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Stipe, though, of the two, 
and not that DC isn't, but Stipe is a disciplined dude. He knows how to stick to a game plan. And I think of that Nganu fight where he just kind of like just weighed on him, just made him carry his weight. For I forget how many rounds, but it was at least a couple. Yeah, a few. And then ended up taking him out. So I think, like like you said, he is, I would agree, the best champ, heavyweight champ that you've seen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he'll have a game plan going in, and he'll stick to it. Where I don't know, man. Uh, not that DC isn't disciplined, but there's a lot of emotions going into this one. And I, I just wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he just gets a little in his head and gets caught. I'm saying, uh, I hope it's a good fight, man. Uh, why? What are you, you? What are you thinking? Of one? You think he's? You think DC's going to get starched in the first? It's that's what I'm hearing. No, no. I'm I, more like more like the third. That would be a good fight. You go three rounds, yeah, you get starched in the third. That's fine. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning toward. I mean, you never know. Anything can happen, but. All right, so let's let's talk about Daniel Cormier. Let's talk about the American fat ass, dude. This is the man. It's no secret <laughs> that I've been a big fan of this guy for a long time. I believe personally that if he wasn't friends with Cain Velazquez, who was the heavyweight champion at the time when he came from Strikeforce, I believe yep. that Daniel Cormier would have been the greatest UFC heavyweight champion of all time. I don't think it would have even been close with who was in the division at that at that point. Now, in strike force, Cormier was undefeated as a heavyweight. He was beating Jeff Munson, Antonio Silva, Josh Barnett, Roy Nelson when he was good, Frank Mir, but of course he was friends with Kane, so he comes into the UFC. He gets forced into going into John Jones' division, which is not great. <laughs> but he did still beat like Anthony Rumble Johnson twice. Gustafson, Anderson Silva, Derek Lewis, like he also beat Stipe. So in my opinion, Daniel Cormier already is a top five MMA GOAT. Like no matter what happens, even if he gets knocked out in the first round, even if Masvidal comes out of nowhere and flying knees him like he did Askren, <laughs> I think that he goes to sleep and he's still a top five MMA GOAT. I think that if he wins... If he wins, he's the second greatest MMA fighter to ever do ever do it. That's what I think. He's up there, you know. I mean, I definitely pick on him, um, you know. But I, I definitely went for DC in those Jones fights. You know how much I hate John Jones. Don't we all? Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyone paying attention, anyway. True. Um, yeah. No, DC is definitely one of the greats. Um, top five, if not top three. Uh, dude he's up there you know he's okay. definitely fought uh, he's fought a ton of legends names pretty much all of the important fights and uh yeah i, I give him crap i have to but um you know because when he loses and he cries and stuff dude come on come on get it together but uh yeah you. he's a hell of a fighter i hear you you don't know what he was crying about though he might have missed breakfast like leave him alone like you don't I know what's going I through that. So. I cry over missing breakfast. Well, there you go. So you in front of the world, and he's a UFC champ. So I mean, listen, man, that. he was crying off and of getting kicked in the dome. He probably didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, he might yeah, have literally had no ball. idea what was happening. He's like, "What is this? Wait a minute, I fought. That's stupid. I I thought, oh, leave him alone, poor Cormier. That's true. I got kicked in the balls the other day, and I kind of felt like that. So was it Matt? It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dirty. That's dirty fighting uh, right there. It was, uh, yeah, from, from behind, too. It was, it was grody. Oh, that sounds aggressive. So, 
they've both put each other out. They both yep. know each other's power going into this. They both have to have a game plan of what they're going to do. Cormier was able to take Stipe down in the second fight, but he went completely away from that, as I said earlier. And I'm thinking that he's got to... Dude, he's got to go for the takedown, right? I mean, in my head, I'm thinking he's got to shoot on him. He's got to get him down early, and he needs to wear on him. I think DC didn't do enough of like... I think DC exerted himself way too hard because he was doing... I think the DC was destroying him for three rounds, but I think he needs to like make Stipe tired because the whole time that he was hitting him, he wasn't hurting him. And Stipe was just eating the shots. And I think Stipe knew, like, I don't think this dude can handle this for five rounds. So I'm just going to keep hitting him in the pudge. And eventually he's just going to go down, which is what happened. But if, if DC can, oh boy, if he takes him down, it's not going to be a good night for you, Pete. I'm telling you that right now. You mean I'm going to be bored out of my mind? Oh, of course. <laughs> and I'm going to be going nuts in my house with Mega TV <laughs> to do uh -huh. cartwheels. I will never forgive Usman for doing that to myself. Oh but, my! I mean, God. Uh, you're you're right about DC, though. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure they've got a game plan ironed out. Um, but to me, yeah, the smart thing would definitely be he's got to make Stipe carry his weight, and he's got to just wear him down at least for a round or two before he really, you know, if he's if he's going to throw hands on the feet, that's probably a smart play for him. Uh, start early and try to tie him up in the clinch. And, you know, get him down, just kind of, like you said, tire him out, make him carry his weight. I agree. So my final. I don't final... think going to allow it, though. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say my final prediction is that Daniel Cormier takes him down, snuggles him up real good. He just really is, like, all over him. He's throwing, he's going to throw his weight around. He's going to piece him up a little bit on the feet, but then he's, Stipe is going to hit him with something that's going to make him remember getting knocked out, and he's going to go, I don't want to do this anymore. He's going to take him down, and he's going to wear him out, and he's going to TKO him in the fourth round. I think DC takes out Stipe, fourth round, retires as the champion, eats something off of the belt, and then leaves as the best. So... <laughs> What's your move before we end this podcast? What are you? What do you see uh, happening with Stepe? I think he's going to be ready. He's going to, uh, you know, he's probably going to be a little conservative in round one, just maybe round one and two, just looking for that, defending the takedown. You know, throwing a little bit, like you said, you know, staying away from those combos. I think some of that has to do with he doesn't want to get taken down by DC. So right. I think he'll throw a few. He might connect a little. DC probably will get a takedown or two. I'll give him that. But I think uh, I think Stipe may, maybe uh, settles in. Round three knocks him out. Round three knockout. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, you put DC in the top three, so I can't hate on anything you said. Thank you very much for joining the show. I appreciate it, Pete. I'm going to have you on if we do another MMA thing. Is that cool? That's cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on, man. So there he goes. Pete, I think he might have verbally jiu-jitsu'd me. <laughs> that was good. That was He had some good things he said there. I like it. And at the end of the day, like we both said, these are two of the highest level fighters. We don't know what the hell is going to happen, but we are hoping for a good fight. I think there's no way that we don't get a good fight out of this. So good luck to DC. Good luck to Pete. We'll see what happens. I cannot tell you that there will be a $100 MMA giveaway because I'm not sure if we're doing that quite yet. But make sure you go 
to Instagram at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. It'll keep you up to date on what I'm doing. I will be letting you know if I'm going to do the $100 MMA giveaway. So do yourself a favor. Follow that. Also, as I'm ending this, go to BigMouthSmallWords.com. Make sure you follow, subscribe. The YouTube's going. I got a lot of things in the works. So thank you for your continued support. Like, share, subscribe, and be safe. Love y'all.